Hello, friends. You have found the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, a resource designed to answer your questions so that you can be about the work of making and growing followers of Jesus. I'm Becky Holton. And I'm Carrie Holton. Yes, you are. Today, honey, we want to address this scenario. Okay, you have just appointed new elders in your church. What should you do to onboard these new leaders? I'm glad we're discussing this topic Do church leaders give much thought to onboarding new leaders? I don't know. I don't know either, but I I think it's a really important topic. Mm -hmm. Just just imagine how much more effective leadership could be when new leaders are assimilated into the leadership team in an excellent and an effective and efficient and productive way. Yes, I agree. You know, we've not heard or read much about this need that is onboarding new leaders elders or assimilating new leaders into the team, but but we do believe it's an important topic for elders and churches to consider. And let's be clear, we're talking about onboarding, not waterboarding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so let's get right to it. What is the first suggestion we have on how to effectively onboard new elders? Well, first, I'm trying to get over that spontaneous response Excuse of me. yours. Just slipped right Let me try it. to get a hold of myself now. First, <laughs> we would say get the whole group together for a get acquainted session. And, and this session would be a social gathering, maybe a game night or eating out together or something. It could be a night out together with their wives, preferably, mm-hmm. or it could even be a weekend together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the purpose of this meetup would be to get to know each other better you know, share information about oneself. And both older and newer elders should participate, not just the new ones. Right. And I think, you know, in that meetup time together, you can ask and answer questions like, you know, where are you from? Tell us about your upbringing. Do you have brothers and sisters? Do you have children? How many grandkids? When did it, when did you become a Christian? Where have you lived? You know, things like that. This could be a casual, fun, lighthearted time together, but so important that we know those things about each other. Right. And your purpose is not just to get to know more about each other, right? Right. It's also to start building a team together, Mm -hmm. to start building trust in one another. So true. Trust building needs to start from the get-go. Right. And just knowing people really helps build that. And our second suggestion would be that the very first elders meeting with the new elders should have this purpose in mind, and that is to bring the new elders up to speed. Yes, bringing them up to speed. Think of sharing information with the newbies in a sort of of state-of-the-church discussion. Those who had been in this role could share with the new elders the current issues that confront the eldership, the current problems they are trying to solve, the current and specific needs of the church, let's say. And in addition, they might review decisions that are what we call hanging fire, the ones that need to be made. Again, your purpose is to bring the new elders up to speed just as quickly as possible. Yes, and included in this discussion Uh, would certainly be any financial matters that need to be brought to the attention of the new overseers. Absolutely. In other words, uh, there should not be information related to finances that only a few of the elders know and that the others don't know. Oh, my. 
that's riddled with problems if that's going yeah. on. And, and I'm really glad you mentioned this. I think most elders would agree with this. In the body of Christ, there's no such thing as a junior elder. There should be no elder hierarchy, so to speak. There should be no senior elders and junior elders. There should be no division in an eldership between experienced and inexperienced or newer ones. So by all means, whatever financial matters the experienced elders know, that absolutely forefront should be shared with the newer elders. I feel strongly about that. Sure, I think you do. I do. And on that note, honey, (laughs) the more experienced elders should say right up front, what you just mentioned, that the new elders will not be seen as junior elders. Uh, We're saying give those new elders the assurance that they will not be penalized or looked down upon because they are new to the eldership. Right, and I'm sure most elderships don't do that. In fact, they're thrilled to have people gather around the table with them. But in the event that there might be some that feel like their power would be diluted, it's important to say this. And another item that should be shared in this first official meeting is job descriptions. Okay. Copies of all job descriptions should be made and given to the new elders. And you might say, why? I think it's to try to ensure that all elders are on the same page regarding staff, that all share common expectations regarding ministry staff. Isn't that important? I like that idea, sharing job descriptions of the staff. Yeah. Okay, so in addition to bringing the new elders up to speed on what's going on, that was our second suggestion. Let's offer this third one. Okay. Expectations should be clearly communicated to the new elders. Obviously, these expectations should be agreed upon by all of Mm -hmm. the elders, the more experienced ones, as well as the new ones, but they should be clearly communicated to the new ones who may not know them yet. Right. And we are recommending that expectations are clarified in some kind of a written covenant, which is signed and dated by each new elder, and they will be filed with the ones that were signed and dated by the experienced elders. Well, now, essentially, we are recommending that the new elders are asked to commit to the standards laid out in the written covenant, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. So what should go into that covenant? What are some of the standards that churches would be asking the new elders to commit to? Well, I think first, standards that are related to personal conduct, don't you think? I agree. Mm -hmm. New elders could be reminded that giving continued attention to their own spiritual health and personal holiness is of absolute paramount top shelf priority. They could commit themselves then to regular prayer and reading from God's word calling on God's Spirit to reveal the areas of their lives that might need some attention. They would be called upon to be aware of the importance of their their personal walk and to conduct themselves with humility. They would be reminded of the need to guard their reputation among those outside of the church, too, understanding that their actions represent the church in a more prominent way. And they would be called upon to exercise strong servant leadership also in their own home. Yeah, all of those ideas, I think, should be in the covenant for sure. I I like those ideas. And I think we could add that in this covenant regarding personal conduct, new elders would make a commitment to sexual purity. Yes. That each elder would practice faithful commitment to his wife and honor the biblical model for men in marriage that each elder would commit to avoiding 
potential sexual impropriety by maintaining appropriate guardrails to protect himself, his wife, and other women. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that one. Second, the covenant should include standards related to the church and to the role of an elder or shepherd. The covenant could remind new elders that they will be responsible for the spiritual welfare of the flock of God. That said, they should focus on the flock's spiritual welfare in general with specific attention to the individual needs of those God places in their path. I think they should be instructed to encourage and mentor others. They should be encouraged to set an example by actively participating in events and meetings for the body. Their presence at church gatherings will show their support and I think be such an encouragement to others. Okay, wait a minute. You mean elders ought to sign a covenant in which they promise to attend the gatherings of the church? Yes, absolutely. Well, I agree. I agree. I mean, that should that should be a that that should be obvious to everyone, right? That's where waterboarding could be involved. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Well, it's not always obvious to everyone. No, though. it's I mean, not. I, I, I'm sure there are some elders who who don't go to the gatherings of the church, mm-hmm. and and their example for the Lord is is ruined. In many ways. Well, I mean, it just communicates, it screams so loudly. If it's not important for me to be there, why do I feel like you should be there? Yes, yes. Okay, well, I I think, too, uh, that another important commitment that should be spelled out in the covenant should involve the elders' support of the eldership. Each new elder should commit to preserving the unity of the eldership and the church. Mm -hmm. Each one should be encouraged to respectfully and humbly share their views and opinions during elders' meetings, and that when a consensus is reached or when a decision is made, each elder should be expected to fully support and defend those decisions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean there can't be a lot of disagreement within the meeting oh, no. during making those decisions, but once a decision is made, then they support it. They support it, even if they disagreed with it in the meeting. Right. Another commitment each elder should make is to maintain the confidentiality and accountability requirements of elders' meetings discussions. This should be mentioned up front as an expectation, don't you think? I agree. Once you become an elder, you just can't talk about uh, with others about everything that goes on in elders' meetings, because to do so would destroy trust and keep others from sharing their views and opinions in an elders' meetings or even feeling like they can go and talk to elders about a sensitive topic because yes. they don't know where to land. Well, as you know, there are just some things elders can't even share with their wives. Mm-hmm. So you're right, confidentiality must be an expectation that every new elder signs to, mm-hmm. agrees to. You know, I believe, honey, that another expectation that ought to be communicated in that written covenant is the expectation to support and encourage ministry staff. I I see that as one of the most important roles of elders, to encourage their ministers mm-hmm. and their staff. Elders should commit themselves to regular prayer and praise for the ministers and staff for the critical role that they play in establishing a healthy, engaged, and involved body life for the church. Well, I agree 100% with that, but I have a question. Okay. You know, elders should be praying and praising and supporting ministers, but what if ministers are not fulfilling the expectations of them? What do elders do then? You can't can't be praising someone that's not doing their job. No, well— 
they'll have to pull out the job description on those ministers in their elders meetings and and deal with it right they'll have to talk about that but no we're not we're not talking about giving uh feigned praise no mm-hmm. the praise needs to be legitimate uh and genuine and uh, if there's a problem that the elders have with ministers, they should talk about that in their meetings. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing up, I think, another good point we might want to talk about later, but it's everybody's on, on staff has a job description. Oh, yes. So mm-hmm. there's a standard that everybody's living up to, and it doesn't make it so wishy-washy about what people are supposed to do. Exactly. Okay. So to sum up, we would encourage new elders to sign an elder covenant when they enter this new role in which they promise to try to meet certain expectations regarding personal holiness and spiritual health and expectations regarding their responsibilities to the church and to the other elders, right? Yes, yes. And again, ask them to sign and date the covenant. You know, there may come a time when an elder may need to be confronted who has refused to live up to the covenant that he signed when he entered this role. And if that is the case, it'll be a lot easier to confront that elder if he has signed a covenant and that covenant is on file. You know, the the other elders may need to come to that particular elder and say, in essence, uh, you know, Tom, and I'll just throw that name out there, you signed a covenant years ago when you took on this new role. For example, you said you would keep matters confidential, but it's come back to us that you shared something from the elders' meeting that you should not have shared. So sometimes there needs to be that confrontation when expectations are not met. Mm -hmm. And having a written covenant will make that confrontation easier. I, I really like how you explain that. This document just clarifies the responsibilities and expectations. It's just something of a job description really yes it is and you know when you think about it really a copy of that signed agreement should be given to the new elder himself to keep oh yeah but i think there would be no harm to share that job description or expectations with the church especially during the selection of elder process i think that's a good idea it helps the church to know the standards that maybe someone might aspire to someday or that they're looking for in someone that might become a new elder. You know, I think, honey, if we could wave a magic wand, we would write job descriptions for every volunteer job in the church. And that would include for elders, too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the person who's who's uh, womaning, almost said manning, but usually it's not a man. The person who's womaning the nursery to take care of the babies needs a job description. Mm-hmm. The person who cleans the building needs a job description. The couple that's in charge of the children's ministry. Right. It just helps you to know what, it helps people know what they're signing up for, first of all. Yes, And it helps them to, it calls, I think, you know, so much of the time we could just say to each other, you know, you're a great person, but you can do better. We often let everything get diluted and watered down just to try to survive. Yeah. But I always do better if I have standards to live up to, and that's um, it calls me to something better than what I can come up with in my own head. And you do live up to those standards very well. Well, aren't you sweet? But the point here that I want to make is that even elders need a job description. Yes. And, and I like your idea that it wouldn't do any harm at all to to make that job description known to the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, let them see it so they know. I think know, it'd be helpful. I, I think it would be, too. I think it well, would be, too. Well, and then when you announce to the church that 
you know, here's the new elders, and then maybe you announce later, had the first meeting, and that new elders have signed this covenant. Um, what a neat thing that would be for that, and during that worship service, to pray for those men who mm-hmm. have committed to that, and that, you know, the evil one would be kept away from him fulfilling that commitment and to give him strength. And I mean, this could go on and on. I just think it's really part of spiritual growth and development for all of us. But anyway, well, listeners, we've offered three suggestions for onboarding new elders. And the first one was meet socially to get to know each other better. And the second one was to bring new elders up to speed with what they need to know to carry out their responsibility. Responsibilities. Number three, distribute a document that serves as a covenant, which clarifies expectations and responsibilities, which is to be signed by each new elder. Any other last words, oh, wise one, before we close this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what this discussion about onboarding new elders shows is that churches are taking leadership seriously, mm-hmm. that we are taking the work and health of the leadership and the church seriously. In effect, I think it says, you know, we aren't playing church here. We realize that we have an important mission to accomplish, and because of that, we need elder and leader teams who are healthy and accountable, who know what their jobs are, and who are trying to live up to those expectations. Yes, and I think our listeners will sense that this discussion is clearly raising the bar, and that's a good thing. The work of the Lord is just way too important to do in a slipshod or a haphazard way, don't you think? I agree, yes. Well, all right, with that, listeners will say thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will plan on returning next week with a brand new episode. And until then, God bless you in your service for the Lord and His church. 